Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle Pratt, the owner of Dive Deeper Development, which is a coaching and training business. And I'm Katie Carlisle, your other co-host, and I own a website design and training business called Squarespace Queen. And this episode is all about how to process an Annus Horribilis. There we go, I said it. Uh, this episode is inspired by the events of 2020, but you could have an Annus Horribilis for any reason. So perhaps you've had some personal uh, drama or disappointment, maybe you've had a bad year for health, we all go through a year where everything just seems to go wrong for some reason. So if that's been you, this is the episode that's going to help you process that. Now, whether this year has seen business booming, and for some freelancers it has, as we're very flexible and online, most of us, or if you've heard nothing but tumbleweed this year and it's been very quiet, I think we can all agree that this year has been uncertain, changeable and hard to predict. So we're going to share with you why you should reflect on this year, even if you don't feel like it how to extract some good good from all of this and how to use it to help you prepare and face for an equally uncertain 2021. Now, a little bit like last year, last year we did our, our, our reflect, year end reflection workshop on the podcast. So Katie and I are going to do the same again, but with our Anna's Horribilis in mind. But first of all, let's start off by covering why you should reflect on a shite year. Because, you know, when we go through bad experiences, we usually want to move on and forget that they ever happened. And that's completely understandable. But even the worst years have some value to them. So we'll start here. So, Katie, for you, why might it be good to reflect on a, on a horrible year, as awful as that might feel at the time? Yeah, I know what you mean about just wanting to, like, move on. And actually, even in normal years, whenever you and I have our coaching sessions, I'm always like, let's plan the future, let's plan the future. And you're like, whoa there, slow it down. Let's actually, like, take time to reflect because it's really important to celebrate what worked well and it's really important to learn from what didn't work well and learn from what did work well as well. So this year, I think, is no different. And actually, like you were saying, Michelle, you know, a lot, I've, I've seen so many people be really creative and flexible and, you know, make things work despite the odds. And maybe it didn't work in the same way or to the same extent as you were hoping it would. But actually getting anything achieved in this year deserves a moment of pause and celebration, I think. So yeah. I think it's definitely worth doing. And I, I know when I've done this with you before in the past, January was a long time ago, you know, especially in 2020. And so it, the stuff that's happened this year that I like, kind of just forgot even happened. And actually, it's really nice to remind yourself like, oh, yeah, I did do that. Oh, yeah, that did happen. OK, yeah, that happened. Uh, so just to kind of tie it all up in a nice, neat bow before you then put it away. And I guess maybe it also provides some kind of closure on the year as well. Mm, I hadn't really thought about the closure, but you're right, Katie. I think, like you say, it's key it's tempting to move on but to put it to bed nicely is a good feeling too and um I, I think you're right you know I can't even remember January I was doing the BBC's quiz of the year news and it was like questions on things that happened in January and I couldn't even I don't they don't even feel like the same year so I, <laughs> I, I think and you were mentioning people have been really innovative and creative and not only that but I think some people have really shown up really pulled together and there's been some wonderful connections and relationships that have happened this year despite it all and I think a lot of us so, you know we've really grown and developed whether that's you know because our resilience has been tested to the to the limit or we've had to be a bit more a uh, bit more hustle a bit more creative so we've learned a hell of a lot and I think that the, the, those are skills and personal con you know assets that are going to help us have a really great year ahead so I think it's definitely worth spending some time on this so 
Look, I think it's good to reflect on the year that's been. I would suggest that you only do it enough that's going to help you uh, going forward. None of us want to dwell, but I do think that it might be useful to look ahead. So, Katie, I've got some questions for you. I thought we could reflect on them together. So I've tried not to prep my own answers um, beforehand. I've tried, we'll do it kind of off the cuff and in the moment. Um, so our first question, we are going to look at maybe the not so good stuff. And then what we're going to do is do that very, very briefly and then move on. And then we're going to go to a more forward-facing, much better, you know, feel-good approach. And that's not because it's fluffy. There is some science behind this. But we will start with what was not so good. So, Katie, for you, the first question in our little workshop is what were what were the disappointments for you in 2020? Yeah, I mean, 2020. <laughs> um, the whole year. A big one for me was that I'd, um, I'd been... It, it, I'd been invited to apply for a tender to deliver some training workshops um, down in Cornwall and they'd, I, I was up against, I don't know exactly how many people, but I was up against other people um, and I got the tender, I got the work and so that was supposed to be delivered in June and I was like, yay, I get to go to Cornwall, I'm basically getting paid to go surfing, this is amazing and I was like, had a whole week planned because it was a, it's a day workshop I was doing so I was going to go down the night before and then I had a whole week planned where I was going to go surfing and like have a bit of a holiday by myself and do some work and um, stay in a really nice Airbnb and everything and so financially that was a huge disappointment because it they, they said they wanted value they were going to judge on value not price so I didn't even undercut myself like I have a tendency to do so I kind of quoted it fairly and it was a series of workshops as well so that it was going to be uh, June October and then going into 2021 it was going to be the workshops as well and so obviously they got cancelled um but the the most frustrating thing was the the person who had originally got in touch with me had then left the project and the person who was then actually contacting us to say that everything was cancelled was just some temp person who just sent a kind of copy and paste form email that said you know pursuant to section 3.6 of the clause blah 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 your your contract is now terminated and there was no like oh let's think about doing it online or let's maybe do this let's do this it was just like see ya so and, I, and at the time because it was kind of relatively early on in the covid process i didn't push the online element of it because i thought well i'd actually really like to go to cornwall and i hadn't done an online workshop yet so i didn't even know if it worked in groups and so yeah i was just kind of like okay well we'll just we'll do i'll do the october one it will be fine and then october rolled around and obviously that didn't happen and so, yeah, I might contact them and ask about the online option to see if they're interested. But part of me does just want to hold out for like, you know, if I can make it happen in, in June this, in 2021, then it would be worth waiting to do it in person just for the quality of the workshop as well as me getting a holiday. Yeah. So that was a disappointment and that was a big financial hit for me. So yeah, that, that was probably the main one. Another one was actually, I was, I was hoping to launch my online course that I was doing in the summer and I did have some time to work on it briefly whilst I was well whilst I didn't have you know much work on and everything but then I just it just kind of fell to the wayside so I've got it all recorded but I just hadn't I didn't actually manage to launch it in this year when I'd hoped I would so um that's probably nothing to do with Covid I think that's just me not realizing just how much work is involved with creating an online course and putting it live and so it's just taken a lot longer than I expected yeah. Um, so that's, they're probably the two main things. 
obviously not seeing people has been gutting like yeah so, you know on a personal not just professional level you know not being able to come to manchester to see all my freelance folk pals and not being able to go to events and stuff like national freelancers day like i have to say like ipsy who's the national association for freelancers they did a brilliant job of doing a virtual national freelancers day this year they just they, like you still felt that like you're part of something but events like that where you go and you meet people and you make really good connections and you learn stuff it's it's kind of it, it you can still have a good experience online but it isn't the same so yeah what about you michelle the same i think uh, for, for me i didn't quite achieve everything i set out to do at the beginning of the year i kind of vaguely got got there or made steps towards it but um I, a lot of it was a lot slower which is frustrating um so it's kind of not the end of the world and also um i think this this year i've just been I, I, when i was talking to my coach i've just been kicking myself a lot because obviously i've been doing virtual classroom training for a number of years now that's business as usual for me and i'd started to coach people on how to turn their workshops or their training into online delivery and um, it was something I'd started to do a sort of pilot with people. And I kind of thought that might be something I'd want to roll out to people, but it is, it's, I didn't. And, and I kind of felt like when everything came around and everyone was scrambling to go online, I, I was just kicking myself, Katie. I thought, well, I, you know, I ought to be helping people. I ought to be, I ought to, I ought to have been ready. I should have had a product ready to go because I was ahead of the game. Um, and that really frustrated me. And and part of that was if I, I did some more direct work as opposed to be working with other people's businesses, if I went sort of bus rather than B2B, B2C, then I would have kind of products on the shelf that I could either ramp up or slow down depending on what was going on work-wise. And I thought, you know, my ultimate goal is that my wife wants to change career. I can support her through that because she sort of supported me for my career change. So I've made some inroads towards that as it's happened throughout the year, but much, much slower lower um so they're they're my, my they're my frustrations but i i think there's a few few things with this i i think first of all it's okay to be disappointed and i think it's okay to be to acknowledge that things didn't go according to plan or that we weren't so well but when i um spoke to my coach she said well michelle there's a reason why you didn't do it because you were talking about that for a while you helped me with that so why didn't you do it? And I said, because I didn't want to become, everyone was talking about webinars. And I said, I didn't want to be associated with the technology, the webinars, the classrooms, because that holds no interest for me. For me, it's the skills development. And I think there was a danger I would have got pigeonholed into that and I really didn't want to. And so she said, well then, well, that was a considered decision then, wasn't it? To not focus on, on that. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, that's your instincts, your reflection, your values kicking in. And I said, yeah. She said, well, why would you be upset that you've, you know, you took a decision that helped you live your values and actually goes with your intuition. I thought, yeah, that's a good point. It was a should. I should have done this. But, it, you know, those shoulds, I, I ought to's. But actually, it wasn't right for me. So I felt a bit better after that. And also, I think, Kate, you mentioned thing, you know, your online course. I, you know, probably could have had pockets of time where I could have done things. But I think at the same time that... Um, I didn't have the mental energy or the focus. You mentioned not seeing people, the isolation. And I was I was so busy when all this kicked off. I mentioned skills being in demand. I was physically physically and mentally exhausted, I think, for two or three months. And so when I have had the, the gaps in between, I think it's more about looking after yourself. So 
I think there's, I think we can acknowledge feeling flat or disappointed about stuff, but I also think there's something about being kind to yourself, knowing that you did the best of the resources that you got, and you probably took decisions to preserve your own well-being, even if they didn't further you forward in, in business terms. That's so true, actually, because I know that's something that you and I had a, a session about, Michelle, was that I've had some health issues this year that have been completely unrelated to COVID, um, but it's meant that my capacity for work for a number of months was significantly reduced and I was really beating myself up about not doing enough work and not having enough time to you know keep the house tidy and like I've said before I think on this podcast how much you know having the right environment makes a difference to my well-being and my ability to work and so I do always try and make sure it's set up well um, and just yeah just kind of not being able to do the things that kind of give that, that kind of elevate me and and kind of buoy me up in addition to not being able to see the people that also give me that energy was a real struggle and kind of it was been really hard for me to accept that I wasn't able to do the I wasn't able to do everything and that I did have to let some things go and yeah that that was the disappointment as well which was like I say totally unrelated to the rest of the events but just kind of piling on with everything else was really frustrating and it meant that I couldn't do the exercise I normally do which again was another thing that helps my mood and so yeah it was very frustrating it's hopefully hopefully getting a bit better now I've, I've been able to do I've been able to do more recently so I'm hoping yeah. that it's kind of on its way out but yeah that that's been a disappointment as well yeah and I think like so you just got to be a bit kind to yourself and I think when the circumstances change your expectations have to have to change and I think for a lot of people there's been a lot of perspective taking and actually some of the things were a priority for us are perhaps not so much so be a little kind to yourself um I think you probably it, we, we all did the best we could under the circumstances and I think maybe way back in March like I said when your, your workshop got cancelled Katie I'm not sure we fully understood what the impact of all that would be or yeah. how long it would drag on so it's been a slow realization that actually probably we weren't going to do all the things that we wanted to do um so there's a little bit on the disappointment we said not too much on that so let's go on to, to, to some of the other good stuff and even in the worst of years there's some really cool things that happened and the chances are you've survived the worst year or the weirdest year in a generation um that means you did something that allowed you to get through 2020 and i think that merits a celebration so katie what were you proud of this year um yeah firstly going through it relatively <laughs> relatively <laughs> unscathed um one of the things i'm proud of is launching my one of my side projects actually so i've got a side project called own beats magazine which is basically a collection of articles from people who live or think a bit differently so it's people talking about subjects that a lot of people don't talk about. It's people giving different perspectives on things, writing about, you know, ways that they are living a little bit differently if they're maybe, you know, doing things a bit unconventionally. And I'd, I'd had it as something I wanted to do for ages and ages. And actually the, the, the kind of work evaporation of around March, April time gave me the opportunity to actually give it the time that I'd not been giving it beforehand. So yeah, la launching that was really good. And it, I had, you know, I've had people kind of getting in touch, wanting to contribute to it that I'd never met before. It was really well received. I've got quite a few people signed up for the regular mailing list. Um, when work did start coming in again, I did have to put it on the back burner a little bit, but I'm confident that I've, I'm kind of re like you say expectation management Michelle you know I've kind of rejigged how I'm going to do it I was trying to do six I was trying to do it as, as very kind of formal kind of format of like six 
articles every issue and an, and an issue every month but actually what I've done is yeah that that was fine when I didn't have other work and paid work and client work and workshops and stuff to do but now that that work has started to come back I don't have the time to dedicate to do that much even if I, even if it's other people writing the content it's still you know getting in touch with them and and chasing them and making sure we've got the content and formatting it and uploading it to the website and promoting it so I've just changed the expectations and said right yeah it's it's just gonna it's just gonna be you know as and when people want to contribute I'm gonna put the articles up and then I'll send a newsletter out maybe every quarter maybe every month I haven't decided that yet it will depend on how many articles we have just with a summary of what's happened so people can still keep in touch with it um, and just re resetting those expectations just took the weight off my mind and I've already added three new articles to the website recently and stuff so yeah that that I was really proud of doing that I'm proud of do it delivering some workshops online so i didn't do the cornwall one but i also had various events lined up in north wales to do training through some of the business kind of support networks up here and they did contact me and say would you like to try doing them online and so yeah i did I did a few group workshops online and they were really well received so i was, was pleased with that again i'd rather have done them in person but people still you know were able to achieve results even doing it virtually so that was really nice for a group workshop because I've not done a group Squarespace training workshop online before oh that's a good good first yeah and I think also like for you know for freelance folk which is the network for freelancers who want to be alone together and so normally we used to meet up in Manchester and do pop-up co-working sessions in Manchester but obviously that didn't happen so kind of I'm quite I'm quite proud of very quickly switching that to virtual meetups so as not to kind of lose that momentum and to provide people with again a way to check in and and kind of connect with other people and a lot of you know a lot of people including yourself Michelle you've said that it's been really helpful to have that that Friday afternoon zoom kind of co-working session as well so um yeah please please with that oh and also i totally like rebranded and relaunched my business name oh yeah well. just that yeah oh, i forgot about that one no, too. i forgot about that one. <laughs> I, love, I, I love asking people this question because when you ask people what you're proud of they kind of struggle or think of one thing and then actually when they get going they think of three four five six things and then when you start <laughs> thinking about it it's, but this is good like if you talk about this with a friend if you're struggling to do it yourself what am i proud of for this year you can reflect yourself if you're someone who needs to bounce it off other people talk it through with someone and then you'll find you'll keep going or if if your kind of person is into your journaling start free writing and, and you'll just keep writing and writing and writing which is really nice um I, I was quite proud Katie that um I think when it all did hit the fan people did turn to me so I had this weird sort of situation where um I had a week where everything just came out the diary and I thought okay that's fine I work on my business not in my business and then next then literally less than a week later the phone was ringing off the hook going you know our, our clients are really struggling can you help us create something our clients are really struggling can you deliver this for us you know can you um help us with you know this that and the other or can you do me some coaching for this so it was quite nice to be a trusted expert quite nice to have my skills valued but also very proud that I like I say I was in a position to help people when they needed it and whether the solution existed or not I could create something bespoke to help people do it so I was very proud you know people talk about doctors and nurses and of course they're the front line of of covid but um you know I'm not a I'm not a qualified medical expert but I do take great with the pride that people were going for like a really stressful period in their work lives like mostly I help people who 
had never worked from home before, never worked remotely. So all the things you and I, Kate, have been talking about for quite some time on this podcast, (laughs) things like isolation, uh, things about productivity, things about motivation, things about organising your routine as a freelancer. People were doing this en masse and had never done it before. And I was helping managers who had never had to manage staff that they couldn't sit down next to before. And they were really struggling. So to be able to help people in the moment with need makes me proud. I'm also proud of my mentoring. Again, I've been mentoring, uh, rekindled uh, re- mentoring relationships with young people. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't want to be a young person right now. Um, right. Really hard. People looking for jobs, people leaving education. And so I'm really proud to, to have just kept that connection for those guys. And they ended up coping better than most adults in full-time jobs. And um, yeah, just yeah, just really proud. And also, okay, I'm just quite proud of how I've coped, I think. We mentioned like last year, moved house, resorted finances, moved to a place I really like. And I'm quite proud with my resilience and how we coped with with lockdown. And I've come through it pretty much okay. Ups and downs been okay. But I think a lot I did a lot of work prior to that to, to get my life into that position. And so I'm quite proud that that's, that's all pay, paid off. So it's been a long, a long haul, but yeah, very proud of that. Yeah, and I think if people are listening and they're trying to identify things they're proud of, it's not even necessarily the big shiny things. Like, like I thought of more even just as you were talking as well, Michelle, you know, but, and it's not like, it's not like necessarily the big launches and everything else. It's just the little things of like, yeah, I, you know, for, for anybody who is a parent, you should be so proud that you managed to homeschool your kids whilst continuing to do any kind of work. Even if you feel like you let 90% of your work slip and 90% of your parenting slip, you did amazingly. So you should be 100% proud about that, even if you have, there's nothing else you can think of. But it's not it's not like the big shiny things that, that people kind of get, you know, the recognition for necessarily. It's just like, yeah, where where did I actually manage to do something that I didn't know if I would be able to do it or I did a good job or better job than I expected or whatever, like anything like that, I think is really worth yeah. recognising. And if you got out of bed every day in lockdown, yeah. or, no, or most days in lockdown, then fair, especially if you live on your own as well, by the way, with no one else yeah, to get exactly. it up for, then fair play. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they say, Katie, it can be, the, can be the small things. And then another question I like to, like to ask, and this is one of my, one of my favourites, is to ask, um, what are you grateful for? Or what were you grateful for in 2020? So, so what about you? I think grateful for my freelance network, definitely. Um, you know, it's been so nice to have not just our, our kind of Friday afternoon co-working sessions, but we've got a little WhatsApp group as well. And so having having that just to kind of bounce ideas off and share wins and like just people that get it, it's so nice to have that. So yeah, hugely grateful for that. As, and yeah, hugely grateful for my partner, like we're we're lucky in that we we we've kind of done we've been practicing being locked down together for a long time because we've basically worked from home together on an island where we don't really know that many people for a year <laughs> beforehand. So I'm really grateful for him. Um, again, kind of he he ha- you know he's picked up a lot of the slack when I've had health issues just around the house and everything. And um, you know the work he's been doing has helped to plug in some of the gaps where my finances have been struggling a bit. So yeah, definitely those people and just all my friends really that I've been able to connect with and even the ones that I maybe haven't connected with as much as I'd like to, just, you know, knowing that I could just send them a quick message and stuff has been really nice. So yeah, people is is a huge one, obviously. 
I've been massively grateful that we moved last year. That's perhaps probably one of the biggest things. So we moved to Anglesey from the Peak District um, in May 2019 and then bought our house here in October. So it wasn't, we'd not been in for that long, maybe five months, something like that before, you know, four, five, six months when, when all the kind of pandemic stuff kicked off. So it felt quite new living here, but we were so grateful because like I'd been wanting to live, move and live by the sea for so long. And I think if I'd have been, if I'd have been stuck in literally the furthest distance it's possible to get from the sea, which is where I used to live, which is, you know, isn't that far in the grand scheme of Britain and everything, but it's a couple, you know, few hours drive. If I'd have been stuck there, I think my mental health would really have suffered. And it's a beautiful part of the world, and it was, and I really enjoyed living there. And obviously, it's just kind of near where you live now, Michelle. But it's what you know, like I've heard it a few times. You know, that there's kind of people of people of the land, or people of the mountains, and people of the sea. And I'm a person of the sea, and I need the sea to feel okay. And like I've, you know, obviously, a lot of people are now have been spending a lot of 2020 realising that they're not living where they want to be. And so I think there'll be a big shift in the next year or so of people kind of having more freedom from homeworking and everything to be able to go move to where they want to be. So I'm kind of glad that, I'm really grateful that we got out ahead of it and that we live somewhere where even with lots and lots of very specific restrictions limiting our movement, we still live somewhere where we can go out and enjoy nature and I can still get in the sea and, you know, where I can, I can walk and see the sea every day. And so... Yeah, really, really grateful for that. Also grateful for my clients. Um, I've, like especially the last few months, I've just had some really, really lovely clients, and like they've sent me cards and presents and stuff for Christmas, which is just so adorable. And so that's that's made a real difference because I think, you know, like there was a point where I was sort of taking on a few projects that maybe I might not have done normally because work was a bit scarcer. And then towards the end of the year, it's felt like I've really found the right clients that are a good fit for me. And like, they've been really happy with my work. I've loved working with them and everyone's been really happy with the end result. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just made the, the end of this year a lot nicer than it could have been if I was just doing work that my heart wasn't in. So I'm massively grateful that they're the main things that come to mind yeah because it's interesting because i think mine almost exactly the same so the first thing that would spring to mind with me is yeah people again relationships i'm very grateful for the love that i have in my life and the relationships that i've got and you know family and partner definitely um like you katie i've been locked down with my my wife and uh very very grateful to her i my heart goes out to anyone who's been single this year i've got some single friends that have really been going above and beyond to look after themselves and manage things well so hats off if that's you um but 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 not just the the family relationships but also um like you say you talked about the freelance community but all all of the um uh, network relationships as well the networks i'm in the the relationships are fostered people have really pulled together and what was really nice is that as soon as everything got a bit uh crunchy as a friend of mine says um (laughs) people did show up you know people um well how do we support each other or let's reach out and let's connect and I think part of that, Katie, is I, like me, I think you probably go to great lengths to cultivate a network of people who are your kind of crowd, like say, who get it. People are quite positive and people who are, who give and contribute as opposed to people who just take or whinge or moan. Um, but very grateful for having cultivated those relationships. And like you, some of those have been with clients, you know, helping each other out. 
um, and professional relationships that I'm really grateful for as well. So that, that's lovely. And you mentioned moving. Yes, I'm very, very grateful that I live in an area which is live in the Peak District because again I feel for people who don't have back gardens I feel very grateful that even when all you could do was go out and exercise and walk um I've got the Peak District on my doorstep so I've had some wonderful wonderful walks um a lot of time in nature and I think I've been grateful for for that too uh, but people more than anything that's the bit that's really stood out and that kind of takes me on to our our next question because I put what lessons have you learned uh, that you're going to take in to 2021 and I think one of mine is definitely about people again Katie so there's there's all those networks and those relationships which I think when you meet people face to face you go oh when I see that person I'll catch up with them I think this year what we've had to do is probably go right I better have a phone call I better go join that zoom or that whatsapp um but actually one of the lessons for me is actually maybe a little bit about being vulnerable with people, which I kind of always known, but I think this year it's become more acceptable to disclose when you're struggling or disclose what is hard. So I've definitely learned a lesson to speak up about that, but also to use those relationships and leverage them as well. So not when I, I'll do my work and when I've got time, I'll invest more in those, but more like actually I need to make a point of nurturing those relationships. Um, and actually the work goes out from there. So that's been a big a big lesson for me, I think, Katie. What I mean, what about what about you? Any takeaway messages that you're going to take into 2021? I think I'd love to carry on working with clients that are a really good fit. So I think you know the uh, you know, something that you and I have spoken about before, Michelle, is that I've wanted to move more into um, doing creating websites in collaboration with a graphic designer. Um, where they've done maybe like a mock-up of the site or they've done some visual guidelines and then I kind of bring that to life actually on Squarespace because my true love is building with Squarespace and figuring out how to make Squarespace do things it shouldn't be able to do and um, you know designers will come with something and kind of go I'm not sure if this is possible on Squarespace and I love making it happen and so that that's my true love um, you know that and answering Squarespace questions. And so just doing more of that, like I've really realized how much more motivated I am to work on a project if it's something where I've, you know, I've, I've kind of got a really clear direction or I, I kind of feel really inspired by it or it's a client that I've got a really good relationship with, even if there's not necessarily that, that kind of the design element going on, if I'm doing more of the design work myself, if I've got that good relationship with the client and it's something where there's a lot of clarity I find the project so much easier so that for me is a big learning that I've obviously been kind of aware of that for a while but I think it's been just especially the last quarter of 2020 I've really noticed the difference it's made just to have people who like even if they are asking for a lot they really appreciate it so I think probably my my three most fun projects that I've worked on at the tail end of this year they've all been quite demanding and there's been sort of some maybe big changes introduced partway through where normally I'd maybe have kind of gone well actually that's really not within the scope at all but actually because I've got such a good working relationship with them and because it's really interesting I've been quite willing to do it and work to quite tight timescales if needed because they've then had that flexibility and they've really, and also the appreciation I think makes a huge difference as well. So um, yeah, finding, just kind of doubling down on that, on my theory that I need to kind of have that really good connection with my clients. I think one of the things that I've found challenging this year and all years is 
actually creating content and writing articles and doing social media stuff. And actually, you know, there was a time in uh, kind of April, May when I was really prolific because I had that space in my diary. And I remember there was one, one week where I was like, I literally have nothing. I literally have no client work. This has never happened before. I literally have nothing. Even like something that's, you know, f- where the deadline's a month away, that if I wanted to do client work now, I couldn't. Even with my retainer clients, for whatever reason, it all just was quiet at the same time. And I was like, whoa, this is so weird. And actually, what I want to bring into 2021 is still keeping some of that space free so that it's so that so that I am on top of the work so that I so I have that same feeling, even if there is client work to do, I want to capture that same freedom of feeling like I can do whatever I want. It doesn't have to be client work. I can do I can write. I can put stuff on the Internet. I can I can go for a walk if I want to. I want to capture that freedom and create more space in my calendar and it's something I struggled to do this year because of the health issues and I had to sort of you know I was on sort of what's the minimum stuff I can do and the client stuff did come first because that was the stuff that brought immediate money um but you know health permitting I feel like actually given that I was able to keep working even despite all of that I feel like there should be enough time should yeah <laughs> um, I feel like it'll be possible and I'm going to prioritize it as well so that's the that's I guess the main lesson I'm taking is to prioritize time for content and in the same way I've mentioned on other podcast episodes in the same way that I've been making time for exercise you know so I've been blocking time off of my calendar based on when the tide times are so I know I've got the option to go swimming or to go paddle boarding or anything I want to do the same with content I want to block that out and honor that time and and not feel like that's something I can just you know write over with client work or training yeah and it's nice to hear you say that because you sound because I can hear in your voice you sound genuinely enthused about that content time whereas I think in the past you weren't and that links to something that I've learned about myself as well Katie I um again doing some work with my coach and I was talking I haven't told you this actually we talk about doing a marketing plan and she said you sound really bored by the by, by, <laughs> by that it's like yeah just I just I'm not enthused by this in the slightest and um, I'd kind of let other people get in my head now I'm pretty good at not doing that but I was struggling with this this whole thing so much like um you know, I was talking about how to niche, how to get a bit more focused about the kind of work that I really like. That, but bringing the challenge of my coach we've been discussing is bringing me into my business. And I came from the corporate world originally, so this is what we've been working on. And so, so like, I want to share things with people, like things I want to share that I think are of value to people. So I feel like you know, marketing plan, and I'd let other people get into my head. And between sessions, I've been to a conference and someone was very dogmatic and they talked to me about, oh, it's got to be like this. You've got a niche like this. And she just just took me right back and just went, okay, well, this is what we discussed. This is what's you. That doesn't sound like you. Um, So who says that you have to do that? And then she asked me, like, what, you know, what marketing do you that works? And I talk about the podcast and she goes, well, how do you put the podcast together? And and I'm describing stuff like, well, you know, we have a vague plan, but we tend to go with what's current or what's topical and, you know, what's really present and live for us right now. And we write out a structure, but then we don't over plan it. We're kind of quite flexible within the structure. So that gives us some guidance. And I was describing, you know, big ideas, spontaneity, something quite creative, something very responsive 
responsive. And she's like, well, then, Michelle, the 12-month marketing plan is not going to... Nothing about that plan sounds like that. She said, <laughs> she said, if that works for you, why don't you just go about it in a way that works? So I was like, yeah, I could actually just think about problems that I could help people with that are emerging in any given month or two-month period and actually apply what I know to the problems as they emerge. That's much more my style. That works for me. I like it. I feel enthused about it. That feels manageable and doable. She's like, we'll do that then. And so we called it, what can people, what can I help people with strategy instead of a marketing plan? <laughs> and, that, and I was like, yeah, even that just feels so much nicer. So I think I learned, like you say, just to, you know, to, to work with you. So I think there's something in there about understanding yourself and then working in a way that is unique to you, working in, in congruence with yourself, really, just taking what works Forget, forget what the rule book says, you know, in the spirit of own beat there, there Katie, yeah. take, take what works for you personally and what energizes you and what you're good at, your strengths, and then elevate it a bit more. And then like another question I was going to ask on, on top of this is what have you learned about yourself? Because obviously I do a lot of strengths work. So I've learned, you know, quite a bit about resilience, but I've, and, and that's quite nice. I've learned that I can be very resilient. I've learned, um, that people, that people, I, I have something of value to people. You talked about undercharging earlier. When I charge, I, char- I charge fairly, but I don't always put myself out there thinking that what I know is common knowledge and that it's not always a value. And this year, I've definitely learned how much people value what I do. And it's made me better at putting myself out there. And it's made me better at being vulnerable and disclosing things about myself and disclosing more of me as well so I've learned a lot about myself that way and what people appreciate and value but also what I need to do in order to communicate that in a way that's authentic but also useful so I was wondering is anything that you talked about what you learned but what have you learned about you personally yeah it's interesting you mentioned that thing about vulnerability actually because I had um, a, a situation that sort of made me reflect on it a bit um, so one one of the one of the clients that I was working with um, that we, we had a deadline for putting some of the content live um, and then the rest of it was going to go live in the new year and so we'd, we'd kind of planned it all out but then they, they'd realized that one of the other members of staff needed to review the copy for the whole website before they finished for the year and so then there was this kind of big kind of oh by the way it's not just these pages it's all these other pages too um, and I you know we'd been very clear in terms of right this is what we're going to do this week this is what we're going to do this week it's fine um, and then they sort of said like oh well actually we kind of need all this other stuff to be done and I was like just isn't possible it, it's I literally can't be done and if I was to try to do it the pages that we have to get live for this deadline which we're on track to do that would suffer and I got really upset about it because I felt like I was letting them down and I'm good at saying no and I'm good at staying quite kind of firm with boundaries and everything but just because again like you know I had a really good relationship with that client and I felt really bad for kind of for, for saying look I'm, I'm sorry I know you I know this is going to make it harder for you but I just it's not going to be possible and I got a bit upset and I said look I just I really want to do a good job and I just don't, I can't see a way that I can do this for you if I could I would but I just can't see a way I could do this and still do a good job anyway so like my client was like no understood totally got it and and they were fine and they, they you know they went away and they, they kind of made it figured out a way to make it work um but then the client came back to me and I, um i was chatting with her a few days later i said oh please don't think i'm an emotional mess i don't think i've really ever cried, cried on a client before um 
And she said, honestly, no, thank you. Because you being vulnerable was like you were holding up a mirror. And it made me realize how much stress I was under trying to make this thing happen. And it gave me permission to go to the wider team and go to my boss and say, look, this thing, you know, it's it's not just the web stuff, it's it's everything. How, how much we're trying to do is too much. And and she, she was she said, actually, I'm really grateful for that. So actually, even though I am very open and honest in a lot of respects with, you know, I am, I, I'm, you know, I'm, an, I'm a natural oversharer, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, you know, in my social media posts, I'm very open, in my blog posts, I'm very open. With clients, I do share a lot of my life, but I'm not necessarily very, very vulnerable with clients because, again, that sort of, that societal thing of it's not professional or whatever, you know, you're not supposed to do that in the workplace, you're not supposed to cry on, in your workplace, you're not supposed to be vulnerable with clients and things. So, yeah, that was a that was something really interesting to learn about myself that actually it's okay for me to share that vulnerability with my clients. Um I have I have, you know, been I have done it to an extent with a couple of clients where I've I've said look, you know, mainly about health stuff. I've had to sort of open up about that, but this felt different somehow. This was yeah, I I just kind of was like actually, you know, that that didn't have anything detrimental in the relationship. It's okay for me to to do that. Um so that was really nice. Um, I heard a real just just kind of well because it's on my mind um, and it's not necessarily something I've learned about myself but it was a phrase that really stuck with me that's kind of relevant to that that story um, I was on a, a little kind of um, 2021 planning workshop thing and someone said one of the things they were committing to is they said I'm not going to let other people's failure to plan become my emergency and I was like oh yes that is something I definitely want to also bring into 2021. Okay that's the polite way of putting it the way I know that phrase is uh, you know a failure of planning on your part is not a crisis on my part (laughs) that's kind of the blunt in your face way of saying it to people (laughs) but I I know what you mean and and along along those lines I mean Katie I was going to ask about relationships but we've talked about those quite a lot so if people are listening to this and you haven't the relationships hasn't come up for you I would say reflect on your relationships which ones were you most grateful for which ones really added value because sometimes they're not the same which ones give you the most success or the most value because they're not always the same sometimes um you know your most, most cherished relationships are not where you get the most progress from sometimes people pop out of nowhere but we've talked about ours so but so as I am a strengths practitioner um I feel I must ask uh, what and this is obviously again a lot of positive positive psychology about this thinking about your strengths what would you say your greatest strength or asset is that you're going to take into 2021 I'd say probably how I talk about things so the fact that I can you know make a complex or technical subject interesting and accessible um and the way I talk about things on social media and in my blog posts you know it's not everybody's cup of tea but for the people who I want to reach it you know it really works for them um I did a little survey just before uh, earlier this month I think it was the start of December end of November um of my existing audience just to say you know what content are you interested in what works for you and and there are quite a few people gave very specific feedback to say you know it's how you talk about things that is really interesting it's your your kind of refreshing take on a subject that we like and so that is what I really want to focus on with my kind of content prioritizing hat on I want to focus on again not trying to hold back and not letting other people get in my head like you were saying Michelle um just 
yeah being me and putting my slant on things and not trying to kind of worry that it's not professional and um just being vulnerable and being open and sharing do it i want to share more i think that's i think that's the thing is that um you know going back to what you're saying about what people learned about you like i have this thing where i'm just like why would i share this who cares but actually i have learned that people are interested in my life like one of the questions i asked about um you know what what articles might you be interested in i put some ideas that i've been thinking of and one of the most popular ones was why i decided to move to anglesey which i was not expecting to be like a front runner at all but i was like oh okay people are actually interested in that okay yeah like like people like my walking posts but my business stuff doesn't get anywhere near as much people love, <laughs> people love camper vans and pets and beautiful places katie that's that's what you need to know but i think that's a good one like for me you? yeah i think for me it's a combination of like creativity but also opt optimism like optimism can be a bit of a problem um in terms of when I overdo it because I can accept my expectations too high or put a lot of pressure on myself but um generally I'm quite resilient and very optimistic but I'm also very creative in my thinking and one of the things I'm really good at is like being able to talk lots of random ideas and actually make connections and pull things together and, and point out the relevance and I think this year that combination of you know we've we've had a few blows or a few changes but again very very quickly able to bounce back and come up with a quite interesting solution to to the problem and uh, recently I had one of those scenarios Katie you'll know the one where your client gives you a really open and vague brief where they want the moon on a stick and the kitchen sink and then they provide this really vague thing and I'm like <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me more guys and you still get nothing and so you go back with a proposal absolutely love the proposal it's like how did I pull a rabbit out of a hat <laughs> with that but they absolutely loved it so I'm pretty good under pressure at being optimistic and bringing in my creativity and pulling it all together so that works quite well um Kate I've put a big question here which is like a big one so I don't expect us to, to answer this in any meaningful way but I've put what really matters in life f for you and, and the reason why is I think a lot of people this year have you have used the year to really focus on what's important so we've probably a lot of people for example have probably learned that paying lots of money to big property owners in a city traveling on a crowded expensive train to get into a city buying your really you know expensive coffees um actually isn't that important no the expensive coffee is important <laughs> i miss the expensive coffee yeah but you buy them at you buy them at your posh local coffee shop i mean that's you, true and and that's where my money's gone this year so i think i think people have start to reevaluate what's important and we talked about that we did this you know both individually not together katie and i don't live together but we we did it independently didn't we <laughs> um where you know what we do are we moving house what life do you want to create yeah. you live by the sea i live by the hills and so i think um a good one is like, you know what really matters and i suppose what i'm alluding to there are what are your values and they've probably emerged this year because values kind of show up when your rules get broken so you can sit down and think oh what do i really want from life but sometimes when you get prodded and pushed and you're put under pressure your values show up even if it's just like i don't want any more of this or i really need more or something else it starts to show you so it might be worth reflecting on that for you what has come up for you what's really important and if you can't have it now because money and time and, and, and energy might be tight um put those plans into effect i think katie moving to anglesey came from a five-year plan 
that got brought forward and ended up like yeah. a two-year plan. So One start... and a half year plan. <laughs> yeah, just start thinking about it now. <laughs> start putting the pieces in place, but have the vision first and you will gravitate towards it over time. Um, so we won't go into deep stuff, like what really matters in life for you and your values now, but we thought we'd do some quick fire ones, Katie. So just tell me, what was your best laugh of the year? Oh... You do yours first. I'll have a thing. Best laugh of the year. Do you, do you know what? Um, best laughter of of the year. I think. Um, you know, Taskmaster. It's not like work related, but Taskmaster was so funny, and um, it really did bring a lot of joy to what was quite a really boring year at times. And I've still giggle every time I think of Johnny Vegas standing up, rowing a dinghy on wheels like his other punt on on the River Cam- <laughs> in Cambridge, and uh, anything that Daisy May Daisy May Cooper screaming, "I love this!" as she's throwing her cocktails away. So that just just enjoying some good comedy and shifting the mood and uh just just that had us in tears and i think that's the one of the few times we've been in te- <laughs> tears of laughter this year <laughs> yeah i think mine's probably doing online games like drawful yes um is probably where i've got the most laughs this year actually like like obviously you know everybody went a bit quiz and game crazy in in march and april but i kind of missed a lot of that and so i i didn't get that kind of quiz and quiz and game fatigue that other people did um but there have been a couple of times where yeah playing some online games like one one was our our freelance folk um christmas do a couple of weeks ago um and then one earlier in the year with one of my friends who's um normally the person i play like board games with but um in this instance it was it was all virtual and yeah doing that i think definitely that was just very very amusing um just like if you've not played drawful before look it up it's just it's hilarious it's a yeah lot, we, we, we played fibbage as well didn't we which was great yeah <laughs> i think the, the question that was it and quiplash as well so the question was what is the worst thing to hold in your mouth for an hour and i put the truth and thinking <laughs> yeah that's deep that's clever that's gonna win and then some other bugger put carling and it's like oh i can't believe it <laughs> The only answer that could have trumped me. I was gutted. <laughs> that was good. So yeah, I think that was probably my, that is probably th- those. I think just anything which was a connection with people, to be honest, because yeah. that's like that was what was missing. I think that's good. And what was your best meal of twenty twenty? The first time we went out to a restaurant after lockdown was the best meal of my life probably so like a lot of people who've been in cities or like places with civilization like Deliveroo um you you were probably still able or even just a decent takeaway nearby even from March you were probably able to just you know outsource dinner a little bit every so often and still feel like you were having a treat we had nothing like there were no takeaways open there were restaurants near us were not doing takeaway we don't have Deliveroo we don't even have the kind of places that would offer Deliveroo really and so we had a good maybe like four it was until I think it was August the first time restaurants started opening again and so we went down to our local, which we love anyway. And the, the people that, that run the restaurant, they live on our road. So we're good friends with them. And, but yeah, go, going going out for dinner at Catch 22 after being like locked down. And I always feel bad because Roland does most of the cooking. So I'm a bit like effectively giving him a slightly backhanded compliment by saying I'm really grateful for him cooking. However, <laughs> um, I, I missed I missed eating out 
like we're such you know most of our the reason we work is mainly to earn money to spend on holidays eating out and water sports like that's where yeah. our money goes you, know, you said what matters to me that that's what matters we, we love eating out we love food and so um yeah that was that was extra special just being able to go out for a meal yeah and it was really generous of you to give the boyfriend a night off the cooking i think that's I very know. i think it's very important we do <laughs> my why was um, what about you? yeah my wife had um, well you've got you've got your blooming street food deliciousness yeah we had, had so. we had loads outside they were cold they were wet but they were amazing but the best one was bex had a lockdown birthday in june and we got after portuguese afternoon tea and that was the closest i got to a restaurant probably for quite some months and um it came delivered in these lovely little boxes and it was just so posh it was the poshest food i had all year so um portuguese afternoon tea for her birthday was amazing because she loves custard tarts and uh, there was a few of those i also ordered oysters for my birthday and bought shucking knives especially and the shucking knives came with uh, anti-cut gloves so we sat there at the dinner table (laughs) with these massive gloves trying not to stab ourselves so that was pretty cool it's like the chocolate game that you play at school yeah just like that but like with real jeopardy so that was cool (laughs) (laughs) and then like well i'll tell you what we could this one this next one here is which was your best zoom social because there were a lot i don't know i went to a lot of conferences meetings social events but did you have a favorite zoom social this year katie it's probably between the freelance folk Christmas do, even if I do say so myself, and one of Steve Follins being freelance quizzes, because they were amazing. And yeah, he, he had a house band, so I think he has to win. Yeah, they were really good, the being freelance quizzes. Uh, they're probably my best ones yeah and me i think probably our freelance christmas do was very very good i think again i haven't laughed that much in a while and then just having a laugh with people was nice and the playing the game it's nice to be with people who like playing games like yeah not just doing quizzes and probably a tie between that and i did one with um a company called co-creation we did a personal development day i did some taskmaster tasks some of the other guys did some other activities but we just had fun so it's kind of personal development and reflection and peer-to-peer coaching but we put a fun element on everything that we did and it was very playful and we were slightly worried that some of the more learned or academic people in the group might find it you know oh, this is a bit trivial why are you wasting my time but they didn't they loved it they said oh what a great day really needed Yay. it so we we put some science behind it actually and so um something to bear in mind for 2021 um my colleague put in a list of skills that are needed for the year ahead so the most sought after skills by businesses in 2021 and things like creativity innovation analytical thinking uh, all of these were on the list and so we made the theme creativity and play because innovation doesn't come from thinking hard it comes from that playful mindset that having fun that being creative that thinking outside yeah. the box so we kind of put a, a bit of a spin on it for those who needed a little something or to justification but mostly it was fun so i mean obviously this hasn't been the traditional format of one of our episodes but every episode we do like to finish by saying just what's our one takeaway so if we kind of go back to the problem that we're looking at, which is basically what to do if you've just had an anus horribilis, said it, horrible year, what do you do? Michelle, what would be your kind of one takeaway? I think, Katie, just um, for me, just try and find the good from it. As we've been talking today, it's just reminded me of so many good things and so many useful things I can use for next year. So there's been a lot of crap, but if you separate the wheat from the chaff, there's been lots of good and that's the stuff I'm going to hold on to and that's where I'm putting my focus for the year ahead. Mine would probably be a similar thing to that in that 
it would be that kind of take the time, reflect, learn from it, but then don't let it drag you down. Like, and you know, we always use January as a clean slate, but actually you can have a, you can start to have a clean slate whenever. So don't, if, 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 you know, this, we're still not looking like we're going to be rid of this virus anytime soon, but that doesn't mean that if you have a rubbish three months at the start of 2021, you have to write off the whole year, you know, you can start whenever. And so I think that would be my takeaway would be like, it doesn't even have to be over a year. You can put it behind, you can reflect and put it behind you and move on to something better whenever you want to. Yeah, definitely, Katie. Whether it's health, whether it's finances, whether it's something at home, family drama, you can, yeah, draw a line under it and take what's useful and crack on. Yeah, definitely. And so we're looking forward to coming back next year with even more problems to help you with. We're well on our way to 99 now, uh, almost two thirds of the way there, I think. And so if, of course, if you've got any that you'd like us to contact, contact, <laughs> if you've got if you've got any problems you'd like us to address get in touch and we'll be happy to help you uh, address those there we go that's the one exactly and we hope you have a lovely rest of 2020 if you're listening to it this year and if you're listening to it in 2021 good luck for the rest of this year and we will see you next time for another episode of 99 problems but a boss ain't one <laughs>